0: Taking in with Mike Wins from the LA Chargers and you're tuning in to Chargers Unleashed.
1: Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake after a Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by Bet Online or Athletic Greens Mint Mobile and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein, day two of Chargers Training Camp. You and I were both out there yesterday during the first opening day. The crowd was hype. Fan base was going berserk. Justin Herbert had in his contract. Finally getting to see these guys out there practicing a lot of positive news yesterday. And it seems like there's a certain trend that has already been going along during the first two days of training camp that it means only good things. For the Chargers for this yes, upcoming season. Yes. So we, we will touch on that in a little bit, but overall, Dan Wolgenstein, after yesterday, uh, just in general, two days in, without getting into too much details, I just want your feelings on this. You know, h- how excited, how pumped are you, and how, how pumped do you think this fan base is just to get football back and to see this Chargers team out there
0: on the field? I mean, well, hello. Football day two. Yeah, we're uh, we're more than back. And Chargers fans, I think people around the NFL are excited, but Chargers fans specifically, after what they've seen day one, and then follow all that up with day two and what some of these takeaways and the highlights are. How could you not be excited for what you're seeing from this? And we're going to get into all the takeaways from day two, including podium reactions, including some of the highlights and key things that we saw from today, including Justin Herbert obviously chucking it, to wide receiver galore. We saw defense responding a little bit here. Uh, We saw some interesting kind of play call development. Maybe some preview of some of the innovation that a one Kellen Moore has. Uh, Exciting times. Exciting times. Derwin James with a house call on a fumble recovery. Also, Derwin James got beat on a touchdown by one Keenan Allen. Uh, You always hear that iron sharpens iron. Got some updates on kicking battles as well. But overall... I think there's probably the one thing Chargers fans are begging and pleading for is, can we please see Herbert just chuck it? I just want to see him put air under it all day long. And obviously, it's not going to be like that all the time. But the frequency in which that it happens, that's what folks are looking for. And by golly, shoot, all of the, (laughs) you know, uh, Philip Rivers-isms you can add to it, and now Justin Herbert-isms, you're seeing it. And, you know, Kellen Moore, we've always heard him being aggressive. Is there a better quarterback in the NFL to pair up with if you're wanting to throw the ball down the field than Justin Herbert? I mean, this is this is popcorn box office ready. So, yeah, Chargers fans are pumped. Anyone covering the team is pumped. And we're going to get into all of that today. Uh, Jake, what's your excitement level, Mr. Pessimism of the two of us? Although you wouldn't know it the last couple months because Jake's been on cloud nines exceedingly. Uh, What's your optimism level, 0-10, to all things considered, after day two is completed?
1: Well, being the pessimist that I am, I'm not going to go a full 10, but I will say this. It's nice to know that the one thing that we have been waiting to see from Kellen Moore and Justin Herbert in this offense, right out of the gate, you're already seeing it. (laughs) As Dan is, you're going to touch on some different formations that the Chargers never ran the jet sweeps that I don't feel were existent at all during training camp practices last year. And the fact that you have your number one pick in Quentin Johnston being one of the guys that's running that it's like, okay, in general, there was one quote that Kellen Moore said today that I will save until we get into it that I felt was very, very telling of what his plan is for this offense that I really, really like to hear, but to already see these type of plays and Justin Herbert going airborne down the field in this type of offense. Just get your mind going as far as what the expectations, as far as everything that we've been predicting, fantasizing that we're going to see with this Chargers offense. It already seems like that is the plan from the jump, and you could tell how much more aggressive this Chargers team is going to be.
0: Jake, I say it often. Imagine the euphoria. (laughs) <laughs> and now we're living it. And now we're it's living it. It's been a it. long time since you've actually said that. Yes. Yes. Uh so Jake, before we get into that, let's take what forty seven seconds. Let's talk about our friends over at Mint Mobile. You can get plans starting at as little as fifteen dollars a month for unlimited five G wireless. Uh go take care of your friends and family and your phone bills. Get those things down dramatically with our friends over at Mint Mobile. Forty eight seconds from now, we'll be back if you've ever thought why in the world is my wireless bill so damn high then let me tell you about our
1: friends over at mint mobile who we're partnering with for today's video mint mobile offers premium wireless for as low as $15 a month and you don't have to sacrifice any coverage speed or data they're built on the nation's largest 5g network so they keep costs low by selling directly to you online they cut out the retail stores and the salespeople. all mint mobile plans include unlimited nationwide talk and text plus lightning fast 5g and free mobile hotspot so why should you have to pay for more than you have to to access the same network. It only takes 15 minutes to switch and you'll be paying as low as $15 a month for your phone plan. It really is that simple. So use the link in the description below. Try MintMobile.com backslash Chargers Unleashed to get started. Click the link in the description below or scan the
0: QR code. Today, you saw offense and defense both responding. You saw huge 40 plus yard catches, throws from, throws and catches involving Keenan Allen, Mike Williams and Quentin Johnston. highlights of all three of those are on social media everywhere. Uh, Justin Herbert is on point throwing fish in a barrel. It seems like, at least it looks like it's that easy, but the guy is pinpoint nails, but you're also seeing some defensive adjustments as well. You're seeing Raheem Lane get interception on the UCLA UDFA tight end. You're seeing Derwin James with a scoop and score after I believe it was Cleo Mack with the fumble or force fumble. Uh, you're seeing the defense start stepping up now, too. There's a force fumble yesterday as well on Darius Davis. Uh, he was able to recover it. But offense and defense, both making plays uh, in different ways. I think the headline, which we talked about briefly before, was them airing it out. And I think the headline for me on top of that is the creativity in which they are doing so. And uh, Gareth Sissy from the Lightning Round podcast, he has showed a video of one of the formations. I think it was the Keenan Allen a uh, touchdown reception where it was a double move. He hesitated a little bit and then just turn on the jets, which how often do you hear Keen Allen turning on the jets, but turn on the jets on Derwin James and gets behind him for an unbelievable catch uh, with pretty good separation uh, for the touchdown. And what I liked most about this was the formation in which it was done where they're able to basically make it a four by one where you have four playmakers on one side, one on the other Basically, it was three receivers on one side, and he had a running back kind of fly over behind him, creating offensive mismatches where there aren't enough guys on defense to cover all four of them. And on the other side, you just had one player, which allowed one-on-one Derwin James, Keenan Allen, Derwin James bit, Keenan Allen goes right over the top, easy touchdown. I tweeted about this a little bit, and there's a bunch that I've done kind of studying this a little bit. But in short, the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid, they use this sort of one-by-four formation in a multitude of different ways, but it is a staple of their offense and is how they are so deadly and so lethal is because of the innovation. And I had asked about this, and Jake, you and I kind of talked about this like two weeks ago. I was like, dude, I hope we can see something like this. Maybe we will with Kellen Moore. That's what got me more excited than anything I saw today was the introduction of some of these engineering designs from Kellen Moore and showcasing like, yeah, you can go five wide. Who cares? Let her rip. And on top of that, Justin's actually forcing himself to do so. And then he's getting rewarded for it. You can see the extra expression and excitement from the touchdown throw that he threw to Keenan Allen where throws it and just massive fist bump from Justin Herbert. Uh, So for me, big picture. Offensive strategy and innovation, I think, is on display already. And you know this is just training camp. You know it's going to get ramped up once the season actually starts. But that was that was a euphoric moment for me. A tear was shed metaphorically. Uh, Jake, big for you. What was your kind of big ticket takeaway from today other than the ball getting slung downfield?
1: I mean, it was nice to see the defense respond because yesterday it just felt, especially when Justin Herbert was the one throwing the ball, it just felt like the wide receivers in the flat were just getting so open and getting picked apart by Justin Herbert. So it was nice to see the defense respond today, especially with Raheem Lane. Um, for a guy, to spotlight him a little bit, Dan, so number one, first interception of interception of training camp that has been thrown. It was thrown by that was Easton Stick that was actually throwing the ball when he picked it off. And for a guy who came out of college as an undrafted free agent, joined the Chargers last year, spent majority of the, the season on the practice squad, got bumped up to the 53-man roster late in the season, this was a guy who was not lauded for his coverage ability. <laughs> it was no more as like a box guy plays closer to the line. And for him to come up with not only a interception, but a pass breakup, he had himself a hell of a day, which I guess according to Eric Smith from Charters.com, spurned a lot of the defensive plays thereafter. You had mentioned the Khalil Mack fumble on Gerald Everett that Derwin James took back for a house call, Michael Davis and Asante Samuel jr. Um, Southeast Jr. almost had an interception. Michael Davis and an undrafted free agent of this year. Cam Brown had past breakups as well. So it was nice to see that type of response from the defense today. But you go back to what the offense does. Justin Herbert was slinging it yesterday. Quentin Johnston, who started off strong. Day two doesn't disappoint whatsoever. Justin Herbert goes deep 50 yards down the field. I believe it was Jaseer Taylor that he actually beat. It
0: was beat both times by Jaseer Taylor and Mike Williams. I him. could tell if this was an adjustment that
1: Quentin Johnston was making to the ball, just the way that he catches it.
0: That was crazy.
1: It seems like he should have been positioned the other way to catch it, but the fact that he did this back shoulder catch.
0: just Fading was, away. Yeah, fa-
1: Yeah, fading away, falling away at the same time as he's catching it. It was a ridiculous, ridiculous throw and catch highlight.
0: And and that one was getting shared all over social media by not just like Chargers, but we're talking like Gridiron, PFF, NFL. Everyone's showing this new connection and what this could possibly look like.
1: Right. So it's good to see your... Number one overall pick in Quentin Johnston, wide receiver, starting off strong. Not with just one day, but two straight days of camp with highlights like that. Keenan Allen, as you mentioned, the play. Dan obviously obviously went deep. Michael Michael Williams also caught one uh, deep from Justin Herbert. Um, But this is this is the type of thing that you're hoping that it's going to build. Maybe we it's when you have the type of plan that Kellen Moore looks like he's going to instill in this offense and being more aggressive, this should force the defense to want to step up in this circumstance. So yeah, still airing it out, but having the defense have its bright spots, which I didn't feel like were too much of yesterday. during Agreed. practice when we were out there. So it was nice to see that response, but still have the offensive highlights of Justin Herbert with his weapons.
0: Yes. And you mentioned Justin Herbert, uh, you know, everyone talks about his leadership and questioned it in the past. Obviously, that's all for nothing. Uh, did you see the video for folks who haven't seen the the breakdown video at the end of camp when he's yelling at the team? He's doing the huddle. He's yelling, "Let me finish." <laughs> Talk about like glowing up in front of your own eyes. I don't know if I've ever seen Jesse Herbert break down the team huddle like that before. Like I've heard, I've seen him say a few words, but not a whole thing. And to see that was pretty comical. And I think that's like this new age Justin Herbert you're going to see where fans have wondered this. I think a lot of critics have kind of wondered, like, can he be a vocal leader? Like, should he be a vocal leader? I think that's what we're going to see. I think we're going to start seeing those emotions kind of bleed out externally, whereas before he's kind of kept all of that in-house. Um, he knows, with, with the dollar signs connected to his contract, what he means to this team. Both On the field, in the locker room, as a voice, and you're seeing that on display. Uh, That's a big deal. I think you're seeing you're going to see a different Justin Herbert leadership this year. Not any better, but just different. You're going to see more angles of it, which I think is going to be refreshing for this team. Uh, What else, Jake? We had Joey Bosa at the
1: podium today, Dan. And as far as like one of the X factors that we say in terms of getting after the quarterback this year. Joey Bosa, you'd figure, is going to come back motivated. And obviously, he has said previously that he is the healthiest that he has been in a long time and obviously goes down after only two games last year. Went out in Jacksonville in week three. Didn't come back until the playoff loss against Jacksonville late in the season. But some interesting things that he said that I I felt were very notable, number one being that he's said over the last couple of years that he had trimmed down to 250 to play at that outside linebacker spot. And now he's getting back up to his more natural playing weight of 260, 270 pounds. And (laughs) he looks in great shape uh, as he stood up at the podium today. Um, The other thing that I I thought was very interesting that he really owned up, and Dan, we've seen this with a number of different players, especially when it comes to talking about the run defense. We've heard it from Chris Rump. We've heard it from other defensive players. Joey Bosa today was no different. Basically calling himself out as far as, Putting himself in the best possible shape, position, whatever it needs to be, in order to play the run better, and he feels like he basically was just saying so himself many, out
0: for saying yeah, he didn't do well. In last so
1: many players. words, that he has not done the best in terms of going against the run and setting the edge. So, I thought that was a very um, you know humble moment for him to make that type of a statement based on his prior play. The Chargers are definitely going to need that. He's one of the better. Edge setters that they have when it comes to stopping the run. So they need him to be at his very best, no, uh, no doubt about it. And then had a nice little impression on rookie second round pick, Tuli Tulipelotu, in terms of him Sorry. already picking. Uh, yeah, sir, very proper. Joey, of course, just like, it feels weird. I'm not, he says, so that it felt very
0: weird. I'm not that old. And then Julie uh, about- was calling Joey Bosa and references him as sir. And Joey Bosa right, was just, like, whoa, I'm not 45, basically. Being very polite. <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, and then to talk about how quickly he's picking up the playbook. He says that he probably knows the playbook better than I do at this point, which was quite the quite the statement to make about a young rookie.
0: Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the podium. Callan Moore, which I thought was an interesting component to this. Kellen Moore was asked about the receivers and going downfield. And he said, you know, when you have four starting caliber wide receivers and they're all available, this was the quote. Then, then yeah, you want to take advantage of it. And I'm paraphrasing. I don't have the exact quote. in front of I,
1: me, I, so. thought the, I thought that I not the quote. That, the, so he was asked basically. It was talking about wide receiver three, like the competition for wide receiver three. And his answer was, we have four wide receivers that can start in this league talking about Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Quentin Johnston, and Josh Palmer, which I love this, by the way, because it doesn't... It, it, it's First of all, and Why smart, there a
0: three-battle doesn't really matter?
1: Sm- smart answer from Kellen Moore, but this just also gives you that indication that it's just like, I'm not, I'm not looking at it in terms of wide receiver three. Mm-hmm. I want to put as many bodies out there as I can because I know that we have enough players to get the job done and go out there and make plays. I loved that answer from Kellen Moore. I think that is a big indictment as far as possible things to come. If we haven't seen them already
0: with this offense. And one of the pieces I thought was interesting. So there's two parts to that one that you have four players of that caliber, which we'll get to. Uh, But the other part that he said, like when I think he said when we have four players of that caliber available to use essentially is what he said. But I think the word available is what I, what perked my ears and it brought me back to last year. And When healthy, they would have had three of those guys available. But, like, at best, they maybe had two, oftentimes just one of them available. So, when those guys are available, you want to take advantage of it. When they're not, there's only so much you can do. And now they've got those four plus, in theory, Guyton, Davis, maybe Hightower, maybe it's Wilson, who knows? Like, you have no idea. Oh, Siri didn't like what I just said, apparently. Good Lord, I was like, "Who's talking to me?" <laughs> Jesus, weird. Um, but bullish on this wide receiving core so far from all things we've seen, and it. We mentioned it yesterday on the live show, Jake. It is so freaking hard to not start fantasizing about what this offense could look like with Quentin Johnston when you see some of the things that this kid is doing. I tweeted it yesterday. Like he just looks different, and they haven't had someone like this before. When you add that element to what is already a room full of Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and Josh Palmer, like, yeah. Like yesterday, we saw kind of the you know, the galloping on the sidelines where he pulls ahead from someone. We saw kind of the drag route that he kind of took, took the burners and went. Today you saw it on Jazeer Taylor, where he pulls kind of this double move where he fakes going inside and then just turns on the jets. And kind of swivels outside behind Jazir Taylor. And there's nothing Jock ja can do. Like, if you go back and watch, once he gets next to him, he's gone. And you see his long legs stride like Jaws cooked. And that's Jazir Taylor who has gotten all of this praise. So I'm trying to temper my expectations. I'm trying to not let myself get sucked into this you know, offensive rookie of the year possibility, which again, like it's, I'm pumping my brakes. I know that's going to be hard to do given the roster ahead of him and given the playmakers on his team, but chain yourself to the ground, Dan, (laughs) talk about a weapon that we get to see on a daily basis now. And for folks who have not gone to camp, once you're there, you will immediately notice Quentin Johnson on that field. You can't help, but notice it. I mean, he's not hard. He's, not really you know that hard to miss (laughs) but and what i say you will notice him is it's not notice him when he's standing there like the his athleticism stands out more so than most people on that field which is obviously why he was selected in the first round uh derwin james scoop and score saw defense Pick it up a little bit. Yesterday, Jake, you and I noticed that uh, Derwin was going around before practice started, had a football in hand, and was having every single defensive player touch the ball. I don't know why he's doing that, but I can guess the reason why is he wants to get to defense, wanting to feel that ball more and see what it feels like. Yeah, you
1: and I were joking about it. It's like, hey, here's a football. Get used to it. Let's get a hand
0: on this thing.
1: (laughs) That's what a football feels like.
0: Yeah, so... Overall, I mean, look, uh, you saw. I don't know what to make of the Jazeer Taylor stuff, because there's all this talk about the Jaw Taylor, Asante Samuel Jr. camp battle, which, you know, there were some kind of flare ups when you heard uh, some quotes from Brandon Staley about, you know, them having four starting corner caliber players and they want to move Asante Samuel Jr. all around. I'm still not sold on all of that. On, on what specifically? Like on on it being on its quote unquote being Jazier Taylor's quote unquote job to lose. I just I just don't. I think uh, it. I think I mean, it depends yeah, no, like, on 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 game day scenarios. Depends on matchups. So like, I guess what I'm saying is, in total overall, I don't buy it. But situationally, sure. <laughs> like I said on the show yesterday, Dan, I I'm.
1: I don't think that this is an indication that someone is going to take someone's job in this circumstance. I I, I don't see this as Jasir Taylor is going to beat out Asante Samuel Jr. for Thank the quote-unquote starting position. Yes. I see this as a number of different things in terms of quotes that Staley said yesterday in terms of having four healthy cornerbacks, which he has always said that you what? can never
0: have enough of. Number With one. F- four healthy corners. Like we, he in yesterday's conference, he was saying it's nice to have JC Jackson back and healthy. Ugh. like I know he, I know we're not at pads yet, and they mentioned they want to kind of bring him in slowly. But this team is referencing JC Jackson as back and healthy. It's good. Like it, <laughs> it feels damn good. It's good. But to continue on that, Dan, so
1: you have four healthy corners, all versatile type players. You were in the same spot last year when you had, obviously when J.C. Jackson was healthy and we were all expecting him to you know, be who we, we, we thought he was going to be, all the early indications of what he looked like in camp before he went down with the foot surgery. But you had J.C. Jackson, Michael Davis, Bryce Callahan, and Asante Samuel Jr. at that point in time. And I said it last year, you had the opportunity to be extremely multiple in your defensive coverages because of the versatility of Asante Samuel Jr., You are in that same position right now, Dan, as you've highlighted, talking about the difference in strengths and weaknesses between Asante Samuel Jr. and Jasir Taylor in terms of man coverage, zone coverage, against the run, against the pass. Both guys have their strengths over one another in those type of categories. This, to me, is exactly the type of formation and personnel that Brandon Staley thrived in when he was the defensive coordinator of the Rams because yes they had Jalen Ramsey but they had a lot of young and versatile corners on that defense at that period of time which ultimately set them up for their Super Bowl run you know a couple of years later mm-hmm. but I think this is exactly what Brandon Staley wants. I don't think that this is a standpoint of saying that we're going to put Asante Samuel Jr. on the bench and if we need him, he's going to come out there. No, he's going to throw a lot of different coverages out there when you can mix all four of these guys up out on the field. So I'm extremely excited about it. I think everybody else should be excited about the potential of this. Talk about a position battle that I think is going to make both Asante Samuel Jr. better and for. A quick ramp up of Jasir Taylor being a six round pick in his second year, already getting opportunities like this, it's going to make him better as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, A couple other, I guess, last takeaways. Uh, Eric Smith, friend of the show, uh, writer for the Chargers, uh, had talked about one of the takeaways he had was Hopkins getting kicks in. Uh, Mentioned that he made six of eight field goals in every practice attempt from 50 yards and in. Mentioned that the veteran was good from 26, 28, 31, 33, 40, and 47. The two he missed were from 36 and 44. Uh, the kicker battle is one to watch. So Cameron Dicker will probably have his chance later in the week. But Dustin Hopkins has his first this week. Uh, and then the latter one, Jake, for me was Austin Eckler, was also at the podium today. And uh, was asked a bunch of questions about all of the you know, running back market and conversations he had with all the you know, the Saquon Barclays and the Josh Jacobs and all of that stuff. Um, but he was asked more or less about kind of his own scenario um, and his time with the team and excitement around this year. And Eckler, I tweeted about this, but Eckler expressed, I'm just going to read this, expressed excitement around the team and the energy inside the building and being part of the team. When discussing his existing four-year contract, Austin Eckler explicitly said, "I want to be here longer." Austin Eckler has gotten a lot of flack, Jake, from some critics and fans, people that are saying that you know he's you know whatever he's talking too much, or that he's not focused on the team, or he doesn't want to be here, or he's being selfish. Look at the end of the day once the pad comes on for this team, Eckler is going to be there. Everyone has praised him for what he brings to this team. He wants to be on this team. He just wants to be compensated at least somewhat fairly. I think all of us would agree, Jake, that the running back market sucks for running backs and it's a bit unfair. Now life's unfair. Sure. But like, I understand Justin Herbert making more money than Austin Eckler. It's obvious why. But when you look at the total value of those contracts, and you see Eckler at, I think it was four years, 24 million. And then you see Justin Herbert's at 260 something. Like that's over 10x the value. No, I'm not saying Justin Herbert isn't better than Austin Eckler and is a more valuable team. But having a contract that's 10 times what you're worth like, that's, that's the discrepancy. So, Eckler, off the field, trying to galvanize running backs, trying to get some more money in their pockets. On the Chargers team, wants to be there, and is excited for what this caliber offense is going to look like. So, hopefully, that puts to bed a lot of the, you know, Eckler's just buying his time and not wanting to be here long-term. Like, he does. He just he wants to make it work out
1: a business aspect of this, Dan, and this is the hat that he is putting on when he's having these conversations. Like you said, it's nothing detrimental towards the Chargers. I I like the fact that he separated his own experience to the experience that he perceives in the league, which is he's not wrong. He's not wrong. It do, they do have a problem in this circumstance, but I do get it. And we said this back in March when he had originally requested a trade that I I get his perspective of it because. From a price tag standpoint, what the Chargers are getting for him, based on his production in the last couple of years, it's really a steal. If you look at the rest of the running back market as it stands right now, but in general, the running back market is extremely undervalued. The days of the three day, the three down running backs are virtually non-existent anymore. There's no LT. There's no Adrian Peterson. Yes, you still have Derrick Henry, but remember when you used to have one guy that would tote the rock for you It could go all three downs. It's just not that type of league anymore. And it's tough when you have, what, 95% of the time, there's only one running back on the field at any given moment. And when it becomes a running back by committee type league, and you can essentially have three guys on your roster that at some point or another is going to end up playing that position, this is where the league has essentially devalued the running back spot. And it's, it's very unfortunate for guys who seemingly take some of the most punishment out there. And then the argument that you get to when they get to a certain age, that's like, okay, that's the time to walk away from it rather than looking at what they've actually contributed to the team. So again, I get it from both sides because I understand the game today, it's all about the quarterback. I get why, I, and I understand why that is valued. Mm-hmm. But in some form or another, you have to be able to reassess and be able to raise this running back value up to at least another skill position. Make it a little bit more comparable to what a tight end market or you're probably not going to ever find a wide receiver market, but you have to find a a happy medium in there somewhere because it's obviously not not an Austin Eckler problem. It's an obvious league problem, and you could tell that
0: everywhere. Well, I think people were confusing that. People were saying it was an Austin Eckler issue. And I think you're starting to see now, you know, once all the other running backs started tweeting stuff out, started coming together, like it wasn't just Austin Eckler. This is like a much bigger deal than just Austin Eckler. So, Jake, anything else from day two in terms of takeaways? I know we went through a whole bunch here. Uh, Anything else that you saw? uh, I know we had Ryan Anderson, former former LAFB uh, guy out there uh, in person who gave us some notes here. But anything else that you saw?
1: Just what I was able to track again, you and I weren't weren't at practice today. So we're kind of just reporting on some of what we were able to see through the X app (laughs) and some of the the key takeaways that we had heard about. Um, But no, man, it's just just great to have training camp back. I'm excited to see that uh, day one was not a, you know, a quick rise up that, you know, Brought, brought down the hype machine. It just, it's continuing to go up. And I'm, assume, and I'm hoping that over these next couple of weeks of training camp, it's going to continue to do the same thing. But we'll be out there again soon, um, which we're very excited about. Hopefully, we'll get out to uh, a couple more practices before training camp is all done with. Um, but damn it. It's good to have football back.
0: <laughs> I will, for, so a part of me wants to have training camp all year round, so we can have like Happy Jake all year round in Jake's smile, this is fantastic.
1: Look, you're not the only one, but I'm sorry. In certain circumstances, depending on what takes place, I might have to disappoint some people. But hey, I am who I am. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, well, hey, uh, this has been a good one. Uh, lots of insights we had today. Some good takeaways. Looks like offense and defense are both closing, which is what we're looking for. Playmakers, explosions on both sides of the ball. Uh, it's a great time to be a Chargers fan. Day two is now in the books. Looking forward to day three. We'll see what comes. We'll have you guys covered. Uh, until then, Jake Hefner, Dan Wolkenstein, Chargers Unleashed at LA Football Network. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time on Chargers Unleashed.
1: Have you ever Googled yourself and were shocked to see your personal information exposed on one of those public listing sites? (gasps) Data brokers are making a fortune selling your information to robocallers, spammers, and others who want to learn more about you,
0: like where you live. We've been trying to reach you concerning your car's extended warranty.
1: That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, Aura. Aura can identify data brokers exposing your info and submit opt-out requests on your behalf. And brokers everywhere are legally required to remove your info if you ask them to, but they make it super hard to do so let aura handle that for you you could try aura for up to two weeks using this link that we're going to put up here on the screen Aura also does so much more to protect you and your family from online threats that you cannot see so make sure to check out aura.com backslash charters unleashed to get a 14-day free trial and see if your personal information has been leaked online